Warning, may contain profanity, Oregon drug laws, Transylvanian moonshine, 87-year-old women on weed, and, or nuts. I, am, Woodstock. Well, dude, I'm so excited to have you on the show for Numero Dos. Numero Dos. First time was a little uh, sketch. You had just arrived into town. You'd been traveling and you were probably like dead tired and I like coerced you into doing an episode because I knew I wouldn't be able to get you, uh, you know, later on because you live over in Oregon. And then when I went to visit Oregon, you happened to be on business and I couldn't meet you there. So I'm, I'm pumped to uh, get you back on, my man. No, absolutely. That was um, that was my first time talking on a microphone. And uh, uh, yeah, that was it was right after a bunch of traveling and stuff. But I'm, I'm totally excited to, to do this with you again. And uh, especially after listening to 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 your show, uh, as you traveled across the United States and, and Europe, uh, and I, you know I'm a big fan. So um, happy to to be here and and to to have great conversation. Well, I always love getting your phone calls talking about different episodes. Yeah, is there any specific one that you really enjoy? Um, if I if I pulled them up, there's there's the, the I would say the ones that that come to my mind right off the bat the the recent one with the um, with the lady from Russia mm-hmm. I thought was really cool really interesting the Transylvania which you know I'm wearing I'm, yeah I'm, you're sporting some uh, de UNESCO yes I hope I said that right that sounded good to me. Uh, <laughs> um, those were, I mean, just the, the, the episodes in Europe were, were so cool and unique uh, because I don't know where else you, you get an opportunity to to hear people talk from just like, like truly like it's a different, you, you it's different when you're going across across the world and, and finding people and, and having conversations with them. And so uh, it's 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 very unique and, and, and a lot of great subjects too. the also the 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 lady that that was uh um in in oregon that was in charge of the psychedelic museum yeah um the psychedelic integrator um yeah she was really cool her that was explanation of what dmt was amazing amazing I, I i really i really enjoyed those episodes those are probably my my top episodes the ones in in the Another great episode I, I was the regen, regenerative, uh, the farming. You're, you're, yeah, 1915. Yeah. I'm trying to get them back on. They're just killing it right now. They're so busy. They're expanding, and I think they're going to do their own like meat production as well. They used to just grow the meat and have right. someone else cut it up, but uh-huh. I think they're looking into like really making this thing uh blow up I, I love what they're doing and uh out of them yeah awesome. and, and i know and i know like me and you've talked about it um too where in in oregon i get my meat from from a farmer down the road who and all his stuff is is all grass-fed i mean i i drive by the cows several times a week and uh i mean when when i started eating that compared to what i was eating at the grocery store like i've done my whole life i felt healthier you know and i just my diet despite what i mean there's always a lot of information out there uh when it comes to different diets and i think different things work for different people um you know some people there's not one way there's not one way to do it you know and uh, but for me i i did enjoy i do enjoy eating a lot of just like probably a heavy protein diet or a lot of meat you know a lot of meat. I like vegetables too, um, but 
when I eat meat, I'm full and I don't overeat. When I eat other things, I won't be full. And basically just taking out processed foods, I made a huge difference. I, I, I ended up losing, like when I moved out to Oregon, I lost 40 pounds. No shit. Yeah. And, uh, well, you were way more active too. Way more active and not in, not in San Antonio where you have tacos, uh, because then you go from being a, a real estate agent yeah. in a big city to moving in the middle of nowhere and growing weed. That's exactly <laughs> that. That's what happened, you know. And, and born and raised in San Antonio, uh, went to college, came back, did real estate for about four years here. Uh, was and, it like commercial real estate or was yeah, it homes? I, it was commercial real estate. I, I was I was focused on uh, I, I was doing leasing and office buildings and retail centers. Um, and you know i enjoyed it and i've There's always good money in that isn't there yeah there is and and there you, you know i think i got lucky in the sense that when the pandemic hit um I, that that real estate market on the commercial on the commercial side brick and mortar took a big hit um and office buildings too where people were working from home and not leasing and you know i, I got in that i got in that in the in that business uh well, I was introduced to it through my mom, who's in commercial real estate. And so I, I still have a, a pulse on kind of what's at least happening here in San Antonio. Yeah. And, you, you, you know, that that stuff is always it's a it's a cycle like many other industries where it might be hot for a couple of years and then it might cool off. And the pandemic definitely had a big shakeup in that industry. And yeah, everyone just working from home, I, I imagine no offices are going to be selling out right now. No. Are they just sitting empty? Are yeah. people going back? Well, I mean, that's just it. When you have a bunch of vacancy, um, you, you, you know, everyone's competing for the same, for the same tenants. And, uh, and it was just ultra competitive and there's a lot of vacancy. So as people are now starting to in integrate back into the office, now they're starting to pick up and get a little busier again. But uh, for a while, people were just pulling out and some people, some businesses, um, I think, I think that their models are, or they have adapted to more work at home environment. Uh, and you, you, you know, for some businesses that, that, that works out and, and other ones like myself, I was never, I'm not, I, I think that I'm not the type of person that can sit at home and effectively work if I'm working the nine to five job, like if in, in like what I was doing before in real estate, like I could do all the same things at home that, that I was doing in the office, but I was much more productive in the office and I would wake up every day, go to the office. I had a, a, a routine. I had a team. I had a team. I had a team that I was working with that, uh, um, you, you, you know, you I'm gotta not, have that motivation. Yeah. Someone at your shoulder, like so you're not sitting there playing pong on your phone all day. <laughs> you or... know, yeah, exactly. Not just not distracted, and in in you know. So, I think for some people, it, the office environment is super important as far as like being being uh, efficient at your job. And for other people, they they don't have to do that. You know, my my wife, she she's worked at home for years and she crushes it. Like, and she's got her little office and. She's always she does a lot of uh, video calls or just she's just always on the phone, always. And she's a she's a recruiter for an IT company. Um, so she's always doing screenings and stuff like that. But I can't do what she does. Yeah, I, I did that for years. In fact, that's 
kind of the reason why I'm podcasting now, because I went insane being in an office just for five years and I, I pulled it off, but I was just I was just miserable. I was never happy. Like I, I had everything going for me and I just like, no, nah, I'd rather just shake shit up and turn my life upside down. And I love it. And you did the same thing, man. And that's yeah. why I think we uh, that's why we get along. I, I 100 percent agree. Follow, and- follow your dreams, baby. Man, we've talked about that a lot and, and, you know, and I also, I think we do every, we don't, we don't, um, because life is busy, we don't get to talk all the time, but when we do, we, we always have great conversations, make the most of it. Uh, and I love those conversations and, uh, I've really, you, you, you know, I've just enjoyed, uh, when you first had the idea with the podcast, I always thought it was, man, it's awesome. And I think we, both uh listened to uh, i still listen to a lot of uh, i listen to your podcast and joe rogan i listen to a lot of rogan podcasts too and uh um do you think that like all this skepticism around rogan being like super right-leaning and like just a <laughs> funny just it's really anti-vax funny. and shit do you what, how do you feel about all that oh, it's he's crazy. getting a lot of hate right now well of course and that's like the, the hate that he's getting is the exact reason why he's so popular because anyone that listens to his show regularly knows that that's not true i mean he's a self-proclaimed democrat he's not so i wouldn't call him right-leaning at all but what what i would call him is unbiased or he tries to be and he tries to tell the truth and when he gets it wrong he usually corrects himself and nobody's going to get everything right especially in a long form uh, you, you know, communication where you, if someone's talking for three hours, well, sometimes you're going to say something silly in a three hour conversation or something that might not be right. Or you just don't know. I mean, they're, they're talking and, and he's, and he's been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. And so you say something in the lens of five years ago and all of a sudden you're a, a lot racist of asshole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a lot of content. And we know if you're going to take snippets of, of anything, how that can be manipulated. And we watch it through the media all the time. And, uh, uh, it's um, there's so much uh, everything so polarized uh, and politicized nowadays, um, and they try to weaponize him because he has such a large audience and influence. And I think I know there's some numbers that I saw come out this this year where it showed like how many views he's getting compared to mainstream media, and he's blowing them out of the water. It's embarrassing for them. Yeah, and you know why? Like if if you listen to him. Or and and not just him. I think that there's lots of podcasts out there that are very good. Uh, he puts out so much content that you, you you know, I just and I don't listen to every episode. I listen to the episodes that that I think are interesting. Um, I don't listen to a lot of his. I love comedy and his comedians are funny, but uh, he has so many um, cool, interesting people that I would have never had access to listening to. Um, or just subjects I had never even thought about that, you know, I'm just like, oh, wow, I, I have to, I'm just so engaged, you know? Uh, yeah, I was listening to it on the drive up to, to hear my daughter was sitting in the back and she's a big fan of that YouTuber, Mr. Beast. Yeah, him? yeah. And, and he, he's, he's crazy if you know. Like, I, I listened to his episode on Rogan. Did you listen to that one? Yeah, we listened to it on the way up. And I'm like, hey, Ever, it's your favorite guy, Mr. Beast, on the podcast. She just falls right asleep. But wow. I thought it was pretty interesting what Mr. Beast said. Here's a kid. He's 23, um, could be a multimillionaire, but he chooses to reinvest 100% of everything he makes back into it, which yeah. is why it's so big and successful. 
but he made a comment. He said, I, I'd never even thought about all these. He was having a conversation with Joe about some high level stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And he said, this is honestly the first time that's ever crossed my mind. And now I'm like, holy crap, that's super interesting. I, he's just so ultra focused in his passion that mm -hmm. the comment he kept making was, was wait, I don't know. Is it on YouTube? We're talking about different movies and different media. And he's like, if it's not on YouTube, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I thought that was kind of interesting because I'm the exact opposite, right? He's ultra focused in one thing and made it super successful because of it. I'm not that guy. I'm the like the Jace of all trades. Like I want to like know everything. And I understand now that because of that, that means I'm, you know, I have to go through life not <laughs> knowing any depth really, right? You can't learn anything really deep down if you're trying to like brush the surface of everything. And so sure. I've just accepted that. And I, and I love that. I, I think I thrive well in like learning new things and experiencing different shit that's not what I'm used to, but it means I'm never really going to be an expert in anything. Well, you know, I think you're an expert at what you're doing. And, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Beast is a one of one and he's, that's why he's the number one YouTuber in the world. Uh, and we got a, we got a little insight on what that looks like, that hyper focus. And that's a special, that's a special person. Those, 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 those kind of people are, that's why, that's what makes them who they are. You know, it's that's almost what, like you have to have a bug and then men like kind of engineer it into a feature. Like he was saying that he got Crohn's disease and then he was kind of like in his own little world. And he said it was really hard and depressing for years and years. But yeah. that was what needed. That was the only way it could have worked out was being hyper obsessed with it. The Kobe Bryant of, of YouTube. You yeah. Know? And except and, you don't have a ton of chicks throwing panties at you. <laughs> and that's what made Kobe Kobe. You know, that's what made Kobe so, so special. Kobe was my favorite basketball player. That wasn't a, a spur. I'm a big, I'm a big San Antonio spur fan. And you know, I or was Jordan. Oh yeah. I mean, for, I mean, Jordan. So I was born in 92. Um, I, I experienced a little Jordan when I was younger, uh, but I was when I was in my peak of watching NBA basketball. I mean, Kobe was that guy. Like as far as the intensity goes, as far as uh, I mean, no no one on the court, no one in the world wanted it more than Kobe, and that was that was uh, inspiring to to the world. Uh, and and you, you know, so he was definitely my favorite basketball player that wasn't a spur, uh, but. You, you know, and I'm just, I was a spoiled sports fan growing up. Uh, Let me being, guess, Duncan? Yeah. yeah Duncan's I mean, your favorite, you know, number one all time? Or uh, you're you, more of a Ginobili guy? I am more of a Ginobili guy. I met Ginobili on an airplane. And just the just the humble, nicest guy. He was there with his family. Uh, and he, I was I was wearing a Spurs hat. Um, and so, you, you know, he took a picture with, with my family and I, it was just cool, you know, you know and the, I felt bad because I took the picture with them and then people started coming over and oh, it was no. like, oh, it's Manu. But, uh, um, that's just a cool name, Manu. I know. He just, he, honestly, just those three, just a just huge fan of all of them. Uh, Tony Parker, what he's done, he has an excellent documentary on Netflix uh, and the impact that he's, he's made over there in, in Europe. I mean, those guys are they're special and and i was lucky enough to to watch them for two decades 
and uh, uh, get to go to all. I went to, you know, I've been to so many Spurs games, and, and the, you, you, you know, those will always be lifetime heroes of mine. I mean, that was the best era to be a Spurs fan for sure. by far. It, I mean, it, any, any basketball team, especially in this era, you can't keep your fandom if you're following the the players because they're just they're traded way too much the spurs was the exception man they kept those guys there and that's that's why they were so great right popovich had this amazing ability to get these guys to just humbly just settle down and just get away from the stardom and in my opinion ginobili is by far the the biggest linchpin of it all had he not been that sixth man and just owned that yeah i mean Every team team should have that sixth man. Just find that guy that's willing to put his ego to the side and just make his team better. Ginobili easily would have been a, a starter in any other team, and he could have been a starter in the Spurs. But the the thing was is is he he understand he understood that there was a role to play, and like so you already had Tim Duncan and Tony, and and Manu still got he still got the minutes, but he would come in with the second group and he would lead that second group, and. Uh, you, 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 you know, I mean, that's what leaders do. They, it's not about. Um, he didn't care about the recognition. He got the recognition anyways. He was sixth man of the year multiple times. And uh, uh, but without that spark, we don't win those championships. And you, 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 you know, at the end of the game, Manu was in the game every single time. Manu was oftentimes taking that big shot, and that was also that's a big kudos to what Tim Duncan was, who I think is. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the ultimate champion of of my lifetime, and he doesn't get enough credit. Um, he, he, you know, wait, you say Duncan doesn't get enough credit? Everyone loves Duncan. Everyone loves Duncan, sure, especially here in San Antonio. But like, he, like he's a he's easily you you, you you know to me he's. I mean, he's the greatest of this era as far as just being a champion. Like he 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 set the tone to not to be that 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 humble guy to let you, 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 Manu have his big moments. Tony Parker led the team later in Duncan's career. Like Duncan was Duncan was never about being the guy. He was about being the teammate uh, and being the leader and putting the team first. And when you set that tone as a leader, I think that that I mean that that uh, that's what created that that bond it's a it's a credit to all those guys i mean they they all were team first and when you get everyone to to be on the same page in that way doesn't matter if y'all aren't necessarily as talented which they often weren't when you're going against kobe and shaq um shaq the most dominant big man of of all time but uh i mean the spurs were super talented but even when they were underdogs you can't the intangibles of uh working as a team passing the ball doing that making making the extra screen instead of being focused on taking the shot that's what made the spurs great and popovich you, you know i mean he was also the leader through all that so it was special to see um when when i was growing up uh i i went to at my high school we were super undersized uh our tallest guy was six four and most of the teams we're going against have six nine guys six eight guys and uh, we were beating top 10 teams in San Antonio when, uh, you know, my graduating class was 85 or something like that. And we had the similar kind of mindset where it was like we just played well together and we played unselfish. Um, and, and you, you, you know, I, I felt like there was uh, 
you, you know, I mean, two totally different things, right? NBA and, and high school basketball. But uh, uh, it was cool being the underdog and being able to consistently show other people up and beat teams that were you, you got guys that are that are half a foot taller than you, multiple of them, and they can't hang. You know, you're just finding a way to get it done uh, and, and playing together as a team. And, and I felt like that had a lasting impact just on my life. Uh, and yeah, I learned yesterday that you played high school basketball. I didn't know. I yeah. Mean, I just, I guess I, mean, I don't really know you that well. No, you, you, you do. I mean, but that, I was a football player before I was a basketball player uh, as far as, like, what I was good at. Um, What'd you play? In, in football or basketball? In uh, football. And football is a defensive lineman. Uh, really? Yeah. No yeah. way. I mean, I guess it was a small high school. A small high school. You had to plug in whoever you could. Sure. I, w- I was a little undersized. Because what I w- are you, like, 6'1"? I'm, I'm six foot. Six and foot. In high school, I was 2'10", six foot, 2'10". So I was undersized. Not That's a decent-sized guy for high school, though. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. I was fast. I was faster th- for a lineman. I wasn't fast because if I was fast, I would have played a skilled position. But uh, so did they throw you on a lot of blitzes or we had a lot of we ran a lot of stunts. Um, so we're, 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 we're doing different blitzes on the defensive side with the, the with the linebackers and, and the defensive linemen. Um, I had an we had an excellent program and, and still an excellent, excellent program. I at my high school, uh, my defensive coordinator is still the head football coach today. Uh, well, he went from defensive coordinator to head football coach. Uh, but. We just all of our football coaches were great, and, and our high school I think is is known for that. We're like on the west side, small school, and same kind of thing. Like always able to be the underdogs, and always always the toughest team to to beat for a lot of these guys, especially in in, in our uh, um, in our conference. What size of school was it? Like a three A? No, we were we were taps because it was a private school. Um, and you, you know, out of all the private schools, our school is the smallest. And certainly when you looked at our team versus the other teams, we were always we were always smaller, like just just size wise. Um, and but, you, you know, that was basketball it was football, but it didn't matter. We, we knew we were just tough. The, the West, size of the dog, man. Yeah, that's it, man. You can't you can't calculate heart. And uh, um, that was um, that was just always a consistent thing with with throughout throughout and in still happening today. Um and, and it's cool to still see the, the same, uh, the pioneers there still leading, leading the, the bunch and having an impact on, on all these kids growing up because they had a huge impact on me. And it's like, man, that was over 10 years ago. And you have every year you're going through another group of guys. And, uh, and you, at my high school, they have, we have a, a high school, uh, we have a, a softball tournament that people come back every year. And so it's kind of unique, but it's cool that you get once a year you get to see a lot of the a lot of familiar faces. Dude, I want to hear how your business is going, man. Last sure. time we talked, you were kind of getting stuff ramped up a little yeah. bit more. How many years have you been in the cannabis business? We've uh, we've done three outdoor seasons. We're working on our fourth. Um, last year is our first year uh, doing it with uh, um, with a license. And we're very much uh, there's a whole learning curve that that we're going through with that. So when you say first one doing it with the license before it was just kind of. Yes. Yeah. The, like keep, keep kind of quiet. Well, backwoods. yeah. They, before it was. Yeah, we, we didn't. Uh, yeah, we, we didn't. Uh, uh, that's right. Yeah. And so 
um, this year we're in, and it's just, it's such a process because it takes so long to acquire these licenses. There's a, there's a, a, a back, uh, they were backlogged like years because, uh, well, how did you get one? Like, aren't, isn't there a limited amount? Our, our, we have a partner out of, uh, uh, New York and, and he, he had been, uh, in the process of getting licensed, but it, it took years. Um, and so, um, when, when finally all of his approval processes had, had came through, we were able to, to do it um, on, on the, the way we, we wanted to be doing it. Uh, but that's what all the, the red tape and regulations, it, it makes it, uh, you, you, there's a reason for, for a lot of regulations, but what you see in maybe California and, and other places where there's over-regulation is it forces people into the black market because it it's not profitable to to be able to do it otherwise mm-hmm. um and and you, you you know the guy and like in many industries i think what you see is um you see the big corporations tobacco companies stuff like that trying to come in and take over the market uh and push out the the small the small local guys where it's just not profitable um to be able to to scale up you have to really be vertically integrated which costs, you know, millions of dollars in our industry. Um, you can't be a mom and pop doing that, which takes away all the craft out of it. You can, but it takes time and it takes time. And, and, uh, uh, um, you, you, you know, I mean, that's what, that's what we're trying to do. And, uh, um, and we're, we're in the process of doing it. And, uh, uh, it's just, uh, but to, to be fully, uh, vertically integrated, it, you, you know, it takes a lot of money and a lot of uh, different licenses because there's a lot of different licenses. Um, and, and you know, you need to build all that out. And so we're constantly building out there, uh, making improvements and, and adapting to, to figure out how to do this better. I think with with farming, there's there's a endless amount of, of research and development and you try things and you maybe try something different the next time to see, you know, what is the best way to do this. And I'm sure that's like, it's like that with, with any business. Uh, but have you you noticed, uh, fertilizer costs going up? I read an article. Yeah, I saw that. What Russia exports like 15% of the world's fertilizer because they're in war with Ukraine, fertilizer in the world went up 30%, which means all of our fruits and vegetables are going to immediately be 30%, if not more expensive. Yeah, there'll be every, so that probably hits you as well, right? It, yeah, it, it will. Um, we do have a lot of fertilizer that we already had, so that's cool. Um, but that's, uh, I mean, we're what we're going through right now. I mean, we're seeing everything be more expensive, and uh, that's. Um, I think it's a big part of it's inflation. I mean, there's so many things going on in the world. Uh, they'll they'll use they'll use the war in Russia. They'll, they'll tell us whatever they want to tell us. And, and maybe that's, that's the, maybe it's right. Maybe I just think it's probably one piece of the puzzle. Um, when you print trillions of dollars, I think we're seeing a lot of the effects of that. Uh, certainly the, the gas prices. I mean, if it, if it costs more to transport anything, the cost of whatever those goods are going to go up. Uh, there's a supply chain issue, uh, definitely in my industry. And I hear it, a I hear it in every industry. You know, I was talking to my buddy yesterday who, who here in San Antonio, he, he, he works with like, um, like, uh, um, like fire hydrants and, and manhole manholes, uh, 
uh, like so a lot like of like plumbing. Installing them. Yeah, like like he he, he sells Big like civil plumbing jobs. Yeah, he he sells pipes and 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 uh, just like different things that have to do with, uh, I guess the sewer, um, and wholesales them to like cities, small cities. Now that's a badass business. Such a such a cool you're niche. Always gonna need that. Un, 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 incredible. And, and government's shit with budgets, so they're gonna pay you whatever you ask. Well, he they they do. I think they do very well. And uh, um, you, you know, his dad has been doing it for for decades. Um, and you, he's he's thirty years old and has been working for his dad for the last twelve years. And and you know, taking over that business. And you know, he he. He's uh, uh, but he, he's telling me in his business that for him, um, only thing anybody cares about is how quickly can you get me what I need? Because there's just a back order on everything, you know, so they're back ordered 60 days on whatever anybody orders. So they're just for them. It's not about how much it costs where that may. That's where the business used to be before the supply chain issues, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's now they just care about well how quickly can we get the product we don't care if it costs more because it's expensive everywhere um, we just we just need this stuff as soon as possible and you, we're we're dealing with the same issues where it could be um, growing tables uh, I was recently recently looking at growing tables and uh, uh, you, you, you you know there there'll be a there'll be you have to wait at least two months before they'll come in because there's just supply chain issues. And so that's, uh, that's something I think everybody's dealing with. Um, and you, 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 to me, it shows how fragile our, uh, society, society, things can change. Things can change overnight. Uh, in San Antonio, there was, a uh, or just, I guess, it, I think it was in Texas, where everyone like hoarded gas for like two weeks mm-hmm. did, did that happen where, where you were at in, in victoria no i don't know i i, I didn't really pay attention uh, to it, it was big here it was big here and there was a gas shortage and because even just, just recently no it was it was maybe two years ago okay. um but there was a you know and it the news talked about it everyone was talking about oh my god this gas shortage and so everyone was was uh, in a frenzy going to the pumps panic buying is causing the issue it's causing yeah. the issue you had people filling up 55 gallon drums of gasoline you, 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 you know like just hoarding it causing cre- like snowballing the issue and um, we've seen it with toilet paper we've seen it with uh, paper towels we've seen it with uh, with meat uh, there's you, you know the the panicking and stuff that it just it adds into the issue uh but uh i mean i i do think that that just just something like that it it makes it makes our our everyday existence that we just think is is normal and can never change it could it could potentially change it gives a little bit of uh uh those people out there that that invest into prepping and and uh, that sort of things is like look hey it like if something does go funny and it maybe it would only last for a month or for two weeks those people probably sleep a little better at night knowing hey i'm a little bit more able to self-sustain um than the next guy the, uh, the mormons are just chomping at the bits like ready for it to happen really like they i don't know if you know this but mormons like the official church stance is every 
active member, every member, every human on earth should have a year supply of food storage. And that's with the idea that shit's going to go down eventually. They have it, you know, based around the second coming of Christ. And apparently they're supposed to be like anarchy and shortages. So if you have a year supply of food, then that gives you a season to be able to plant and grow and keep your family going. It's a great idea. It, no, is, it is, you know, and, and it's, it's planning on like a post-apocalyptic future, which that kind of sucks. But I mean, if it happens, it's, gonna, it's like a gun. Better to have one and not need it than the other way around. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you, you, you know, if you're able to commit to having a year of food, uh, that's so that's so cool. I think you're in the I think you're in the very small percentage of people that actually are able to do that. Um, and but, you, you, you know, certainly you feel more prepared than not having that. And like you're saying, like not having a gun when you need one is certainly better to have one and not need it than need it and not have it like the the story you were telling me this morning yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right you, 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 you know and to 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 go into that uh i had a a situation oh, just so you know you can you can move this guy up and down around whatever you want if you want to sit back get comfortable cool. you can pull it up to you cool. you can move it out of your out of your way push I it pull it. it uh i've only had one situation here so in san antonio there's i mean and probably like many major cities there's there's a lot of petty crime uh, but I did have a situation at my house a few years ago where I had just left and um, I was meeting a buddy to go play pool down the street. And I called him and he had, wasn't going to leave yet. So I turned back around. I was only gone maybe three minutes. And uh, I caught a dude walking up my driveway looking like he was going to maybe try to take advantage of or seeing somebody just leave their house. And when I pulled in behind him, he was a deer in the headlights. And uh, so he was walking up your driveway because he saw you pull out. You flipped around and pulled up behind him. Yeah, I, I had left. I had dr driven down the street and then I had called my buddy, saw where he was at. And I turned back around. So when I when I when I got back to my house, I saw this guy, uh, you know, walking up my driveway uh, kind of going towards the front door. Who knows what? I, it looked like he was up to something, especially when I pulled in. He didn't belong there, period. No, he didn't. He he, he was standing out, and I had caught on to that. I also caught on to a, a truck with the engine running, and it looked like nobody was in it. Um, and, you, 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 you know, so I went inside and, and played it cool because when I pulled in behind him, he, he turned around and continued walking down the street like he wasn't up to shenanigans. Um, I ended up calling my dad who came over, uh, who lives close by and he shined his lights into the truck and there was two other guys with their seats all the way back, uh, you, you, you know, hiding in there. So they so were the truck that was running off yeah. the side had two dudes just trying to hide themselves. Exactly. And you, you, That's you not know, conspicuous at all. Yeah. They were working as a team and it's not something that, that is unusual around here. I, I have, I have the ring app, uh, and, uh, in, I guess I, what's my other app is another neighborhood app that people can report petty crimes or any crimes really, uh, just kind of keeps everybody connected. That is a, that's the cool thing about social media is you are more aware of things that are going on like that. And I get alerts in my area on my street, which is a small street all the time. Um, and I've also, you, you I've also been, uh, it's also happened to me where I had left my car unlocked, uh, and had my radar detector stolen or, uh, money I left in there. Like it's happened 
probably twice. Uh, and and so so this and, guy was just going around trying to see if doors were unlocked. Yeah, they were just working as a team, going and seeing whatever they could, whatever they could find, whatever they could steal. You know, and that's just, you know, they got caught. Um, and and you 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 know basically that situation escalated a little bit where, uh, we ended up, I ended up basically apprehending the guy on the backpack, and confronting him about what was in the backpack. Um, this is after, I, I, let me, let me take a step back. So my dad shined his lights and ended up going up to the truck where the two guys were. They, um, he asked them if they were lost or, or needed anything. And they said they were waiting for a friend. They had a story that I knew was fake. Uh, and you know, when he asked them to show their ID, he said, well, you know, do you mind showing me like your ID? So I know who you are. You've been parked outside my house for, you know, 20 minutes and, and it looks a little suspicious and they got fried. They, they got scared off and put the car in reverse and took off. And, uh, I went outdoors and confronted the guy in the backpack. Uh, and when I did that, you, 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 you know, we, I basically, we had, I had a hold of him. And I knew something was up. The other guys had just ran. He, I had caught him walking up the driveway. So at that point, you, you know, it was a more aggressive situation where I was trying to figure out what was going on. And uh, um, he, I, I was, I was armed, um, not, not trying to escalate the situation but you, you know it was a situation that was serious well, when uh, you got three guys two guys sitting in a exactly. truck and you're i know i wouldn't walk up to a guy if i didn't have something else on me well yeah and and, and uh, uh so you, you you know he didn't want to he didn't want to open his backpack i made him open the backpack or i opened the backpack myself um and and you, you know i found a bunch of tools in there that they were using they break into cars do whatever. I mean, that, that's what it appeared to me. And they or they, they had just stolen that stuff. And, and, uh, that's what they were doing. They were working as a team going to, around, taking tools, going around, taking whatever they could find. I'm sure, you know, and he offered me money cause I had the cops on the line and, uh, uh, he offered me money to let him go. And I told him, I said, no, man, I said, today's not your day today. Today you're, you're going to go to jail. You, you fucked know? with the wrong yeah, guy. You fucked with the wrong guy and you're lucky you're just going to jail. Uh, you're, 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 you, you know, and, um, the other truck came up and you, 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 out of, uh, not knowing what the situation, well, knowing that these guys, what they were up to at this point, And I having, having a firearm, I pulled out my firearm, which luckily the guys, the guys that came out of the truck were thinking they were going to get, uh, they were going to be able to steamroll steamroll they saw two, three versus two they saw, situation they, they saw three versus two you got an older you got an older guy you got a guy these 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 other guys are about 30 years old um my size about 200 pounds uh they 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 liked their chances uh but i i did have a gun which kept them from kept it from being a a a fight luckily when they saw when they saw that they jumped back into the truck and they took off and I never saw him again. So the guy in the backpack, uh, just he like tore free. Yeah. He tore free. He did. Cause the, I, we had a hold of the backpack and he, he made a run for it and the backpack ripped and he jumped in the back of the car and, and they were gone. And I had their license plate. I had the cops on the line. Um, I had read the license plate to the cops. The cops ended up showing up about 45 minutes later. 
um, you know, and they're dealing with they're they're at whatever I'm sure full capacity all the time. And uh, well, San Antonio is um, a huge city, it's a, two million people, and uh, and that's what's tough is is you get in these situations and you can't just call the cops. It's not like they're gonna be there uh, at the drop of a hat when it's happening there in the moment. Um, and, uh, you, you know, they weren't able to ever do anything, even though they had the license plate. Those, so those guys, they, they, there's no repercussions for their actions other than being, they, they, they saw how quickly things could go south. Um, and that those same threats happened to me. And, and, uh, you, you know, I'm always on the side of wanting to deescalate situations like that. And, and, you, you know, if I could go back, like, luckily everything worked out worked out in that situation i hate to be in that situation i i I care about life way too much uh that you know for material stuff it just to me it's not it doesn't matter that much uh and i know you 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 know unfortunately uh jace had his his generator stolen last night uh yeah that really sucks yeah and it does suck and and you you know but we what but what's also just true is all that stuff is replaceable and uh you you know whether it's road rage or a situation like that it, most of the time if not it, you, most of the time it's always better to 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 keep a cool head and not react and instead act upon a situation i was a little reactive there and that is something that that i try to uh like just personally i, I try to be conscious you can, of like, push that microphone back make it a little bit more comfortable for you there you go that I, I try to be conscious of uh, of just that of, of acting upon situations and not being reactive um that's something that i've been really trying to focus on i've always been a stoic person even before i knew what the word meant but I think that saved me a lot of times because I used to be pretty hot headed guy. Yeah. Like I'd always say I have a long fuse, but when it hits the bomb, I, I just see red. Yeah. And it's, it's gotten me into a few situations to where luckily, luckily I was the bigger guy yeah. and it was always, you know, me kind of defending myself, but there's been other times where luckily I've taken a couple quick breaths or it's like a situation where you need to act fast so instead of letting your emotions freeze you up you just go do something you don't really like think about what you're doing but after it's done you're like holy shit i'm glad i kept my cool and then you start shaking after the the event happens like i was um one time we were in uh catalina islands over in california Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to remember the details we were out on this uh island visiting and there was a film crew, I think, out there doing a documentary, and the Coast Guard was there helping them. And so we were on a little tour bus, like a little ferry boat, not tour bus, a boat. And they would come and like, I don't know how to describe it. There was, a, there was like a, a concrete pier, and they would drive the boat straight up to it, keep their engines going so that it was like just nice and tight to help uh, customers get on and off the dock, right? Well, this Coast Guard boat pulled up sideways. And so with the waves, it was like moving back and forth mm-hmm. and they were just jumping over. They're all Coast Guard. You know, they were used to it. They jumped the gap. Well, the camera crew they had with them, they weren't they weren't Coast Guard guys. It was just camera guys. And there was this middle aged cameraman. He went to step and went in between the boat and the dock. Oh, my God. And this this dock or this boat was in the waves like, yeah, sandwiching slamming back that. and forth. Yeah. So I was just in my swim trunks, no shoes, nothing. I'd been swimming around in the water. And I mean, this is like shark, not shark infested, but you know, there's 
some there's some wildlife you're out in the, the fucking ocean yeah no doubt and so i see this guy slip in between and i'm sitting right on the dock next to the boat so with my bare feet i push this boat away from the dock and then me and one other guy jump in after this dude that fell in we get to him about the same time and we immediately see that he's got this gash in his neck like almost oh down God. to the bone like like there's no way he was surviving and we both knew it. we looked at each other we're like all we can do is get him over the boat so we swim in over the boat um like i'm underneath him like trying to push his body up while they're like pulling on him up and i'm just got showered in this guy just gore swim on back and i pull up onto the dock my whole entire family like i'm talking all my nephews nieces all the way from like infants all the way to my grand or my dad who's in his like 60s now they're all just sitting there staring at me and i'm i just carried this guy up into this boat and i look at my sisters and i'm like you need to get the kids out of here because they just witnessed like this horrific scene we end up uh seeing those obituary in the paper a couple days later it's, it was just some freak accident but I didn't even realize what I was doing until I was back out of the water. I'm like, I can't believe I just jumped in and got covered in this guy's blood. It was a pretty crazy situation. Next day we go to uh, Universal Studios and we see the Jaws. Uh, I don't know, the you ride. on that little, yeah, the little bus. And you see mm -hmm. the Jaws scene and the just blood is pouring all through the, like fake blood, obviously. Right. Well, it looks pretty real because it was exactly what it looked like when this guy got his... Uh, throat ripped open by the boat man that's a graphic story why the fuck am i telling that right now <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's a, when 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 you're faced with with situations you react and and you know naturally you reacted in, in a way to try to try to help somebody and save somebody and and, and you, you, you know that's cool that, that, that you and the other the other guy did that and it's it's too bad that he didn't survive it but man i mean that's that's very that's like the most human thing that you can do is is help a stranger out when they need it most uh and you know you love you love when people do that you love when people are able to rally together to overcome whatever obstacles that 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 they're facing and uh you, you know i mean we we're seeing a lot of that through all the turmoil that we've been going through the last couple years um whether it was covid what's happening right now with russia and ukraine um and you you, you know so for me that that was a very the the interview that you had uh with the with the lady from russia was was so cool because your feet on the ground there it, it like it's it's for me i'm more interested in hearing what she has to say than what i hear on the news because like like what we were talking about earlier what, what's happening in the news is there's so much uh propaganda that that we know is is uh uh involved where you don't most people don't don't trust what what they're hearing you know i mean well you you can't because if you think that russia is the only one throwing out propaganda then you're just you're obtuse you have no idea what's right. going on in life and do you know what's crazy i read this article that all of the western media like bbc us every, everything that's like pro-democracy russia is completely shut down not a single newscaster is allowed to make television over in russia with one exception 
Do you want to know who they who the exception is? Who? According to this article, who? Tucker Carlson. Oh, really? On Fox News. None of the other correspondents on Fox News, just Tucker, because apparently the way he talks is like kind of pro Russia. I don't know. I don't I don't watch him, but I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's just inflammatory. How do they get away with this shit? And so I reach out to a friend of mine who speaks Russian and has like Russian family and stuff. And I say, hey, there's no way this is real, right? Like there's no possible way that they singled out Tucker Carlson as the only person that Vladimir Putin is allowing to speak to the Russians. They got back to me and said, holy shit, my aunt just brought up Tucker Carlson. I'd never heard his name in my life, but apparently she's talking about how there's this American that loves Russia and he's in support of the war. I'm like, holy shit. Sometimes it's true. That's interesting. I, I and I, I don't uh, I don't listen to any Tucker. Uh, I I didn't know that he he's pro Russian or not. Uh, um, but you, you you know I mean the fact is 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 when they're filtering information like that they're they're filtering it in a way that they're going to tell whatever story they want to tell and that's what the media does uh, you, you know everywhere and you know for me. And I hear like Elon, Elon, I, I think has a uh, he's on the right track when he talks about like I'm an, I'm an absolutist when it comes to not censoring um, and, and keeping that First Amendment, uh, you, you know, being true to that. And we've seen a lot of censoring uh, and, uh, you know, throughout COVID uh, where, you know, whether the information's right or wrong, honestly, a lot of it was to be determined. But when you when you only will hear one side. It makes it makes, you know, people that might may be neutral it makes them jaded towards that side because you feel like it's being forced down your throat, just like we were being forced to, to comply um, or it felt like that uh, during during specific times. And so, you know, to me, it's like counterproductive where, uh, uh, you, you know, I think people are, are tired of hearing about uh, opinions and news and want to know more about facts Uh and you you, you know there, there's a, a need for that in in news there's also a need for opinion pieces but they're two separate things and a lot of mainstream news right now is opinion based and it's it's heavily biased and you, you know we have these we have a two-party basically a two-party system here in america where like so many people feel like they have to uh, align with all these ideas of one particular party to have to have the um, the support of all those people that feel similarly, and they may be they may feel aligned to that party because of maybe just a few issues, but they align all their ideas to that party to have the support. Um, and, to, and then they defend the terrible things that their party does. Yeah. They don't agree with it, but they're like, well, it's lesser of two evils sure that's the shit that i want to get away from and it's tough you know you know exactly it's like look well when you're looking at it's like that's why to me a two-party system doesn't work uh or is maybe it it, it works because we're doing it but it's maybe not the most efficient and and i don't think it, it will i think we'll evolve from it eventually you um, think we're gonna get out of it i think in our lifetimes we'll we'll see some a third party actually make it? Yeah, or yeah. Do you uh, think the Republicans are just going to implode because they're <laughs> they're making some weird laws, man? Man, you, you know, I'd say like to me, um, I don't focus on it too much because I know it's out of my control no matter what. It's mm -hmm. like I'm 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 down to vote, um, I'm down to participate, uh, but 
there's certain things that are in in our control and certain things that are out of out of our control and like what's going on in the big picture I can't influence it in 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 any way I, or I'm not focused on it I'm really focused about I'm really focused on what's going on in in my little in my in my world mm-hmm. which is mostly evolved uh uh mostly revolved around what's happening out there in Oregon um and you you you, you know that the other stuff while I'm um I'm aware of what's going on to is as much as I want to be uh, uh, engaged in it. I don't, I don't let, it's not like what I'm focused on. I'm, and I'm, I'm more focused on, you, you, you know, what, what I'm doing in my business, uh, keeping up with my friends that I love, my family that, that I love. Um, I just, I go a long time. Uh, I'll go stretches of being away from, from home, away from uh, San Antonio and when I get to come here, it's it's very important to be able to to see my people, uh, be with them, and not not you know I don't have time to focus on negative stuff. I'm I'm rather focused on what I can make better in my life than you know what's going on uh, um, you, you know in other places and and spread positivity. And if more people were focused on on that and 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 just being good people, positive people the world would be it would be a better place you know, you know and you unfortunately and i think the world in in you know most people feel the same way about that sort that sort of thing and and try to do well and there's just there's so many different things to worry about and and to to you, you know you can't focus on all of them um well it's and, like if you're not busy with something in real life, then you're going to let your mind wander and exactly. focus on all this shit that doesn't matter. hundred percent. And, 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 and it, and it may matter, but certain things that, 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 you know, they're out of your control. They're out of my control. It's like, look, it, it's, it's sad that, that bad people exist. And it's sad that, that we have different classes and, uh, um, in the sense that 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 there there may be minority groups that don't have the same opportunities the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 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 you could you can you can uh, separate things by race. You can separate things by age, by money, like all these different things. You can always separate. Um, and you, you 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 know the same way that you can separate things, you also can 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 see things as as together. And and you know we can see things as as we can see people as people. Um, and, and, you, you know, so it's important to me with the people that I'm around that it's like, look, I don't want to be like, I, I don't subscribe to, to hatefulness, you, you, you know, uh, I'm not, it's not my, my primary, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not maybe an advocate because I'm busy doing other things, but you, you, you know, what I'm practicing in my life is positive and, uh, uh. And, you know, you hope, I think that we've came a long way, uh, in like, and we continue to do so like as a society, but, uh, it, it takes time and things are not immediate. Um, and, uh, uh, you, you know, you just hope that they keep getting better and you take care of what's going on in your backyard. Um, and if there's more self-responsibility, uh, I think that there's a lot of the, you, you, there can be a lot of growth from that. Um, yeah, I think um, like policy and laws and all that, they follow public opinion, right? We all have to agree collectively. You know, 
maybe we should let, I guess, a, an example that's in our recent history is gays getting married. I think right now it's rare to find someone that doesn't think a gay person should be able to be married. But right. 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. No. I mean, Even it's crazy how it's yeah. just it's just big flipped. I was one of those guys. I was raised to where like, yeah, why would we let them get married? God hates them. And then I realized, wow, that's an insanely hateful, terrible way to uh, think. And you're absolutely wrong. And now you talk to the majority of people. Right. And they're like, yeah, you know, sure. Yeah. Let the gays get married. What's that, the big deal? Yeah. What is the big deal? And yeah. now like all the, every single state, right? I think it's federal now. Right. And so it's like, what's the next thing that we're as a society, a little backwards on. And right. We're recognizing. And it, and it and, takes time. It takes but time. It's to having get the, there. That's the conversation, right? We need to figure out like, okay, knee jerk reaction. Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, for example, when I first saw it, I'm like, damn, like, Chris, you shouldn't have said that. And then I sat and thought about it and I watched the whole video and then I saw the contacts and then I'm like, damn, well, you probably shouldn't have done that. And we as a society get to like discuss, all right, what's the best way to act as a human? Was it Will Smith or was it Chris Rock? And at the end of the day, you can't go up and slap someone in the face just for telling a joke. Not when a comedian. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially not a comedian up there that does exactly what everyone does every Oscar, you know, roasting people. Is yeah. it a shitty joke? I don't know. I don't I don't think Chris Rock's that funny in the first place, but that's just my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah, it definitely hit a, a sensitive spot for 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 Jada, but uh and I and you understand why, but at the same time it's like, look, it, it's a uh, that's a guy doing his job and it wasn't, he wasn't, you, you know, unless there's something going on behind the lines that we're all not aware of. I don't think it was, uh, uh, done in bad taste. I think it was, it was, a, it was a joke. Uh, but and for the record, I think Chris Rock is pretty talented, but you know, I was just like giving him shit. Cause it's, I, I'm not up there making millions telling, telling jokes. jokes about bald people. <laughs> I know what, 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 uh, um, yeah, what a hustle. So I wanted to ask you a question. You, you you made a very good point, first off, that white folks on shit you can't control. But you are close to home, living in Oregon. Um, you've been there ever since they changed the laws to decriminalize pretty much all, all substances. Yeah. Recently, I was in Portugal, sought out a an active drug user. I, I searched through uh, Reddit, just found some people, and this really cool guy... He, uh, he agreed to meet up with me. He was open about his drug use. He, he really liked amphetamines, like speed and stuff. And we were talking dosages and what he would use them, when he would use them. And um, he and everyone I talked to in Portugal were huge proponents for decriminalizing and how Portugal did it. Yeah. I, I did not come across a single person there that wouldn't say there was a huge success on all levels. Um, decreasing addicts, decreasing HIV, et cetera. So now that Oregon has done it, you're living there. Have you seen any major differences, shifts one way or the other now there's, that it's happened? Yeah, no, I mean, well, there's definitely two different cultures between living out there and, and living in Texas. Um, you, you, you know, some positive and, and negative. Uh, what I think, I think that there's more positives to the decriminalization of uh con controlled substances all of them i think that you know i'm a i think that that being able to choose what you do to your body is a, is a choice you, you know that we all should 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 be able to have um i think there's a responsible way to do drugs 
most drugs. Um, Rogan has has a, 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 a doctor, Dr. Hart, that talks yeah, about... Dr. Carl Hart? Carl Hart, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and he's... Uh, you know he's got an interesting perspective on on the whole situation I, and that's just it like a lot of these a lot of these drugs that 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 may not be great for you also may not be bad for you uh when done appropriately mm-hmm. um and and they all have the potential when done in excess to to hurt you just like um you, you know when you eat too much it hurts you too much sugar, too much, uh, uh, too much cigarettes, too much weed, too much anything, mm-hmm. um, and 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 so all those things, when done in excess, can be bad for you. So I think being learning how to to do those things in a in a safe way, like when when if these things were legal and they were tested, and you could be confident that that they were safe that would make you feel a lot better about taking them than having to just buy them off the street and that's real in like you know in a in a state that's illegal with with cannabis compared to one that's legal i mean that's that's real you know it's like so th- there's a lot of red tape and that's where some of the regulations are 100 percent needed and i have i i think that they're they're necessary um and i think some of them are a little bit of a stretch and they're just like uh, they over regulate or over tax and, and like, you know, where it's, it's hard to just be, to, 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 to just make it, um, where, you, you know, it used to be a thriving industry in the black market, maybe 10 years ago before I ever got into it, um, or for decades. Um, and so there's, there's a balance there and like, it's somewhere there in the middle, just like, I think on our political spectrum, the right answer is usually somewhere there in the middle. You know, it's like, look, you got two extremes that that people like to subscribe to, and that middle ground somewhere is is where the more right answer is, uh, and it's figuring out how how you get there uh, to where we'd be most efficient um, and and you, you you know succeed as a as a uh, society. Um, but I, I do think like, at least for me, like my mindset, uh, of positivity and love and, and, uh, uh, you, you, you know, I mean, I was not, I didn't always subscribe to these, uh, like, not that I was a hateful person before, but I it, like certain, certain drugs, um, definitely helped, uh, change my perspective on life, um, and it started with weed. It started with cannabis. Uh, you, you, you know, I didn't that I've made it my career and, uh, uh, I didn't smoke weed for the first time until I was a freshman in college. Um, at the time I was binge drinking like most college freshmen and, uh, uh, you, you, you know, I started smoking, I stopped drinking so much and like smoking just like, just chilled me out and it led me to, it slowed me down and made me just, but and ultimately it just like made me were, were, you, you know, I may have, it just made me feel good. You Maybe know, more empathetic person. You think maybe so. Um, I, I just would consider it positive and like, you, you know, certainly I went through phases where I was smoking too much and maybe not doing all my schoolwork the way I needed to be. But like, you know, I was able to figure it out to where like, Hey, this is, I'm going to use this thing, uh, in a way that it benefits me 
and not and not in a way that it doesn't and like and i do that today like i i I don't i'm not high all day i can't do that i'm too busy to be high all day high right now that's right like we're i'm talking to a hemp ceo and we're not smoking we gotta maybe take a break i'll I'll get my vape in here or something well you you know i mean the thing (laughs) is is like everyone you know, people react differently to, to everything. And even though I do smoke, uh, uh, daily, you, you, you know, when I, when I get too, when I get too high, I'm less conversational. I'm, you know, maybe more, a little bit more into my head. Do you do uh, like a wake and bake or is it usually I'm done for the day? I'm about to go to sleep. I'm going to take a little smoke. Yeah. I usually don't smoke in the mornings. I'm new. I'm, I'm usually up, uh, um, you know, before eight every morning and, and I got, uh, you know, I have people, employees that, that are ready to work at eight. And so I'm preparing for that. Um, maybe after I, I get done doing the things that I need to do in the morning, I may, I may, you, you, you know, light a joint or do something light where I'm still, I feel fine. Uh, but you, you, you know, I may not smoke until, until night when I'm done doing everything that I need to do. Um, you, you, you know, I, 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 use it, I use it mostly to, to, yeah, to relax like this. I'm, I'm done. I'm done doing the, working on the list of things that I was working on for today. Um, now I don't feel stressed to, to have to focus and, and, and operate at the highest, at, at what my highest level is. I don't operate at the highest level level when I'm high. Yeah. I may be a little bit more creative. Um, and I also think that, that drugs have helped open up more of my creative side of my brain where, uh, I was definitely less creative, uh, younger, but, uh, there's a time and a place and there's a time and a place to drink. There's a time and a place to smoke. There's a time and a place to, to maybe do other drugs, psychedelics. Uh, you and I have talked about that a lot. And speaking of the last episode we did, you talked about potentially doing some DMT and I'm, I've never done DMT. Right. I've always wanted to, I talked to, um, talked to you a little bit before there's a, what, two different types of DMT, just the regular NNN DMT. And then there's the five MEO DMT. And there might be more than that. There might be more than two. I, I don't like, know. Isn't like a psilocybin, or is it, yeah, psilocybin, I think, has a DMT in the actual scientific name, isn't it? Man, I wish uh, we were hooked up the internet, I could look it up, but. Yeah. Have, have you, uh, you mentioned that you were gonna do a DM2 trip. I did, I did it, and it was like, uh, I've done I've done two, um, and it was about a year ago, uh, and they were very positive experiences for me, and they last, it, I did it out of a, out of a, like a pen similar to what you see in like the cannabis cannabis pens or like a vape pen a like a pre yeah pre-charged vape but it had uh, just regular dmt it in had it. dmt in it um, so walk me through that process like uh how much do you have to pull in and were you by yourself did you have a trip sitter i had a buddy that was there with me but when i was doing it i was in the room by myself and you know he knew that what i was doing and he you was know, just outside the room yeah he was just in the living room and i was in my bedroom and you you you, you, you know um the first time i did it it was very light because i wanted to see kind of what what to expect uh i had it i i had uh i had like little totems with me i had lights and music that i like on to to i thought it would be like it would help with the with with the uh, experience what do you mean totems um like like what i would say like something with me that that i would consider like uh just like 
I had I had crystals with me. They're like like different crystals that my that my wife has that that just are you know supposed to be good energy, and you know whether they are or not, uh, they're pretty to look at, and they you you, you know they're positive. And uh, uh, at least in my eyes and something to ground you. Exactly. Just comfort. something to ground me, make me feel uh, good um, on something that I've never done before. Uh, and, you, you, you know, I, I got it from a guy who I trusted um, and who he talked, who he kind of talked me through it, how he felt that the best way to, to, to do this, to do this drug. Uh, and he had done it quite a bit. Um, and, you, 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 you know, for and it's funny because like for him. He didn't even want money for it. I ended up because it obviously cost him money, so I gave him something. But like, it, it wasn't about that. It's about the experience, about the mind opening of of what this is that was important to him, and he wanted to make sure that I understood that. And uh, um, that message I thought was super important. Um, he, uh, I was very thankful for it. Um, and the way that he described it and told me to do it was to to basically. Um, to drag on the pin as hard as I could three times. Um, and you, you, you know, the other thing about the, the pin is it's not going to take you as far as maybe just as doing like DMT crystals themselves, which you, you would maybe put on top of, a uh, maybe a little bit of weed and then you would hit it with a torch and that would like, it like vaporizes them like and that through a glass, piece. right through like a bong okay. and uh, a water pipe. And, and, uh, um, and so, you, you know, I have not done that yet, but the pen was an incredible experience. The first time was very, very light. I didn't see a whole lot, but I was comfortable and that was okay with me. It's like, look, I just want to see, I dip saw, toes. I dipped my toes in, I went toes deep and I saw, Hey, there's something. And it made me, it made me very comfortable for the second time, which had, was a, a, an incredible experience. Do you remember details of like, cause it, what is it like 15, 20 minutes that you're actually 10 minutes. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. It was quick and it feels longer than 10 minutes. It felt longer than 10 minutes, but it also felt quick, especially like the, the heaviness at first, like the heaviness wears off quicker. And I, I would say it's like, you, you know, you start, you started at a, like a peak point. And then it wears off into a sober state. Um, and uh, um, I don't remember exact details. It feels very much like a dream, especially at this point. And so much like dreams for me, like when they first happen, they're fresh and you, you remember them a little bit more. And, you know, it could be 15 minutes and it's, you, you, you don't even remember what, what it was from mm -hmm. 15 minutes prior. But uh, what, what I would say is it, it was... Uh, for me, it was very spiritual, um, first off. And I'm, um, you, you know, I grew up um, Catholic. I went to Catholic school for 18 years. I was very much in that. Uh, that's all I knew. Uh, when and I you got believed it all, like you were like, very much in. so. Okay. And, 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 you know, similar to like to like uh, to to how you were in, in your religion when you when you grew up that I know about listening to your show and talking with you. Um, and I got away from that uh, when I went to college because I felt like, I, you know, my mind just kind of opened a little bit to, to see, hey, look, there's other thoughts that are not just like to this strict, to this, these strict ideals that really relate to how I truly feel. Um, not that it, it was a great foundation for, for when I grew up and, and I definitely grew up, I grew up with, uh, uh, and I still have this, uh, 
this level of uh, right and wrong that I think you do get through religion. And I think, you, you know, it serves, a, it serves a great purpose and is wonderful for many people. And if that's you, good for you. For me, it wasn't, it wasn't for me, um, at least not to the strict standards of the Catholic Church. Um, but I'm not knocking it at all. I think that it's important for a lot of people, um, just like other religions are important for a lot of people and good for them, as long as it's positive. And, uh, uh, you, you, you know, I think there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of, uh, uh, you, you know, people, it's very human for us to, to, to gather with like-minded people and, and, and think other people are just wrong. And you just may be ignorant to what they actually believe, whether it mm-hmm. might be Muslims or Buddhists or Christianity or, um, any, any, anything else that it could be Mormons, um, uh, or Church of the Later Later Day Saints, uh, it, it doesn't matter, and you, you know I, that's where to, uh, to me it, it's it's um, it's it's how th- it's it's like how that it affects you in your life, and, and and if it's good for you, and if it keeps you grounded, and it does all those things, then that's wonderful. But I think that you can still be a, a um, you can still live a, a, an incredible life of positivity and love outside of that. And that's kind of where I am personally. Uh, but when I did the DMT, it was incredibly spiritual. And it's, it's, it's hard to describe with words. And, you know, very much so like, like other psychedelics are. Like it's hard to describe exactly what's going on when you're in a full trip of mushrooms or LSD. Um, but it's incredibly like for me, it's, I've only had one bad experience with a psychedelic a long time ago. Um, but, uh, and you know, it's possible and it happens and, you know, ultimately when it was over in a few hours and I was okay. And, you know, were you sober when you did it or were you already smoking or did you have anything else in your system? When it, when during, through the bad, the bad experience? No, the DMT trip. No, through the DMT trip, I was completely sober. Okay. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I was the second time I was less distracted. I had no music on. I had very light dimming lights. Um, and I was trying to focus on what on what I was going to see. And that's what that's what I was focused on. I was trying to remember this spiritual journey because I knew after dipping my toes in, that's what I was in for. And uh, uh, it was it was incredible. It, it was like a, me in the universe. Um, and I, I did feel like I went on this like uh, a journey with some kind of being that was leading me. Uh, and it was very, very exciting. Um and you know again it's hard to describe with words so um you, you, you know unless you experience it or experience something similar it, it's 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 very hard to understand but uh, uh it was very positive um what i gained from it is i'm i am personally convinced that after life we have something else you, you know greater coming or like to look forward to i don't the know the journey continues the journey continues and 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 i i don't know what that is and that's just what i personally believe but uh you you, you know through that journey um it, it was it was very positive um you, you you know i would do it again but again i i've i've done it i've only had a a, a larger experience one time and you, you know while i'm ready to do that again it's not something that i just do regularly it, and, and i think that it, it's like it can be used more as medicinally uh and i think that there are huge benefits 
from people that maybe suffer from like uh, mental anxiety or, or just like different mental issues where it works as like a reset. Uh, and I think a lot of psychedelics can, can, can do the same kind of, the same kind of thing. And, you know, and that's my personal experience with it. And so I'm passionate about it because I felt like I was never in a bad mental state. Like I'm, I'm a pretty positive person. I I love life. I've never wanted to, uh, hurt myself or, or others, you, you know, but I also saw like I, I felt the love and the importance of of positivity come through these drugs. And it's like, man, through these drugs, I feel like is the only way that you could ever uh, have like maybe world peace or something, you, you, you know, to get everybody on the same page that 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 uh, and that and the idea of doing that, I think, is also pretty much impossible. But I, I do think that many people that do have similar experiences like to focus on similar things that I do that, that are maybe not about the, uh, the politics or the things that are out of our control, but they, they, they appreciate the small things, um, in life, like the beautiful nature around you or the beautiful people around you and relationships. And you, you, you know, I'd rather focus on that than, than, than the other stuff. Uh, well, you said you're not sure if it's possible, you know, going back to psychedelics and world peace. I think I think it is possible. I think the like religion's been talking about that for millennia. Like we're going to get to a point where, quote unquote, Jesus comes again or it's going to be the final times, the, whatever you call it. But yeah. the Mayans had the end of the world. You have Nostradamus all coming along. And what we are doing right now is we're educating ourselves about really important things. And I think you and I understand the importance of psychedelics, not on a recreational level, but on a spiritual level. I think that whether you believe in a very literal God or you believe in what, whether it's Buddhism, Hinduism. It could be, yeah, it, multiple gods, singular gods. I mean, yeah, whatever. I, I think it's all connected. It's There is like one God and it's just the definition of that God is what escapes us because we're fucking monkeys that are grunting at each other with English. It's still a very <laughs> primitive way to communicate. And if we had a way to maybe, you know, share some higher bandwidth brain to brain, we'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get what you're thinking. But being able to put it in words is never it's going to fall short. No Language what. is limited. Language is 100 percent limited. And, and uh, you know, whether we're ex- talking about like like what we're talking about with drugs, where we use drugs to to describe um all these things in psychedelics, weed, prescription pills, opiates. Uh, that's just like one example of how language is, is limited. Um, and you, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Nobody knows what happens after life. Um, but it's the trial and error that we are doing. We are talking about it. We're talking about it on a, a global stance now. Like this is a show that I don't know, dozens of countries are tuning into. And although we're small now, we're consistently getting more people that are joining in a conversation to where we can start kind of understanding through stumbling through a conversation, you get the underlying feel of it. Like you said about Rogan. Yeah, he you can pick and choose whatever he says, but through the long stretch of things, you get the idea that the underlying desire is for us to work together synergy is the thing that made the spurs win right yeah and that's what we need we need a popovich which 
maybe uh, psychedelics is the Popovich. Sure. It's something to where we can actually say, okay, maybe I'm not right 100% of the time. Maybe I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to trust that although I don't think I agree with you, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because traveling across all these countries, talking to people from insanely different upbringing, like in Eastern Europe and hearing their story and how they feel, I very, very clearly confirmed because this is the belief I thought was true. But every person I came into, whether it was random or on purpose, man, we're all the fucking same. We're, we're all just these really badass human robots that are just walking around this world trying to figure it out. And 100% of the time of the people that I came across, they were just kind hearted, wanted to do good. We've been beat up a little bit along the way. And sometimes we react poorly and sometimes we're not as stoic as we need to be. But every, I mean, we're all on the same page. This whole fucking Russia, Ukraine thing. They're like the same they're, they're cousins and they're they're fighting just because some fucking oligarch thinks that, you know, he wants to leave a legacy because he decided not to have kids. <laughs> I, wait, I kind of went left field there, but um, you want to take a quick break? I'm going to grab me a water. Got our break done, man. I got a refresh on the coffee. Got me a water. We got our uh, lizards drained. Everything good with uh, business? Business is, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, controlled chaos at the moment. You're on call right now, taking some uh, calls, putting some fires out. I'm always putting fires out, always on call. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's part of it. Uh, when we, when you have a a bunch of things moving all at the same time, uh, uh, you you know, I mean, that's just kind of where we're at. Uh, and, and, but where we were at before is we're talking a little bit about the, about the product, um, yeah, what, what I would like is someone who is as educated as you are about this plant on the ingestion side. We got the hemp side from our boy Yonuts. Yeah. Shout out to Yonuts. We got some of his uh, suika. His grandpa made that. Uh, see that plastic bottle? Grab yeah. that real quick. That is suika from Yonuts' grandpa made that. That's it's pretty incredible. much like a I, Romanian I, moonshine. I remember, I remember y'all talking about it on the show. Do you want a shot? Yeah, I would, I would love to. Let me grab a shot glass. That's incredible. But so that guy right there is straight out of fucking Transylvania. It's like a lost art too. Apparently, well, get, like grandfathered in, like legality wise, and so I'm honored to even be able to try this, bro. I need a second shot glass. I think I left my other shot glass. You take that, and then I'll I'll follow up with you. I'm not gonna just drink alone. I am I'm honored and excited about it. You have no idea how many times I've wanted to take a shot of this, but I've committed to keeping it for guests so we can experience a little bit of Romania together. Sixty percent awesome. alcohol, man. Whoo, whoo! That kicks. This in. conversation's gonna turn a little bit wild now. Whew. I love it. So what I want is kind of like like I was saying, my mom. She never she never touched anything. Absolutely. Alcohol, nothing. Um, I was just having a good conversation with my neighbor, who's an 87-year-old woman. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Or uh, Norok. Norok. And cheers to your friend, who I'm, I'm wearing his his awesome uh, a, a piece of uh, hemp clothing Dude, that he made. Isn't that amazing? This is one of the coolest pieces of clothing I, I, I own now, and I couldn't be... I'm very thankful. Thank you so much for the gift, Jace. And, uh, Dude, it's the least I could do. You've been so supportive from like day one. Before I even started, I just mentioned the podcast to you, well, and your excitement was like, well, shit, maybe I should actually go through with this. I, I tell you, I... I 
you, you know, I love what you're doing and, uh, and I hope you continue. And, and I, and you, you know, I think the relationships, like even the, the, the friendship and relationship that we have built, uh, between us very quickly, um, uh, it's very cool to all these people that you're meeting all across the world. You're a very unique individual and, uh, uh, you, you know, keep... and they're listening to this and now they get to know you. Yeah, that's I'm 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 honored and and you know I'm I'm honored to I'm honored to 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 be able to try and I can't say what I can't say what all this stuff is called correctly. I've even though I've heard it on the podcast cuz I would butcher it, but uh uh that was that was incredible and uh you know how else would I ever try that? Uh uh and and you know, I mean it's all very cool. What we need to do, man, is save up a little bit of cash and let's go fly to Romania because this little town, it was like so artsy fartsy, but in like a really good way. I would love I loved to. it, man. Yeah. No, that, we'll go that, visit your newts, get you, some more hemp clothing. That would be incredible. That is a life, life goal, you know? And then I would love to do that. Uh, Actually they, speaking of, let me give a quick shout out to De Ionescu because they did a, I am Woodstock exclusive 10% off. I think it just expired because it was the month, month of March. One of the downsides of me doing these delayed mm-hmm. is we're not fresh on the news. So this episode, I don't know if you know this, I think I mentioned it. This will be the first episode that we are recording. And then like 48 hours later, we're going to be releasing it. So, so I'm kind of cool. not, not nervous, but this is like, everything's got a good, I have no backups right now, but that that's the goal is I want to get up to date so we can talk a little bit more about current events. Cause uh-huh. I just got lucky that I had a Russian person on right before Russia invaded. That Incredible. was just pure so pure cool. luck. But so I cool. I released that like a month or two after I recorded it and mm-hmm. it just happened to time up. Now we're actually on point so we can talk about Chris Rock getting slapped like <laughs> god damn that was so funny. But going back to what we were talking about. Yeah, so about 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 the product a little bit um you, you know and I recently had a great conversation uh going over some of the similar topics that we were talking about including psychedelics with my 87-year-old neighbor who uh is suffering through a bad shoulder because she fell and she is not she's never smoked cannabis she's never uh she she has no she has no experience with any of this stuff and she's, she's like on, no baseline to go off of no and recreationally she's on, nothing she's on pain medicine that her daughter, who also does not smoke at all, wants her to to kind of get off of, and they had a very honest conversation with me, both of them. Opiates, and, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you, you know, I mean, I watched my grandfather pass away, and and you know, uh, in his later years, he was taking so much medication, over over medicated, and we all knew it, but that's what the doctors were, were telling him and, and he to try to keep him comfortable because he was in pain and he was in pain and mm-hmm. she's in pain. And she's, so she actually tried a CBD, um, cream that, you know, helped her. And in, uh, in my opinion, um, the, the, the cream is not at a high enough dose like you, with the CBD from what I understand, and I haven't worked with CBD a whole lot, but you do THC is a carrier for the CBD for, to have the medicinal benefits. And what it's is like a catalyst to make it start working. Exactly. You don't have to have a lot, but you you, you gotta, gotta have, have a little that bit. Super illegal, scary THC. Yeah, schedule like, one, like a couple percent. I don't know exactly what the percentage yeah. is, but you need something. And 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 like the amount that you would need would not make you feel high. Like it would not make you feel high at all. 
but it's enough to activate the CBD. And it's it's higher than the 0.03 regulation that we have here in Texas. Less than 1% is what the legal amount is. And, you know, what I'm saying is you need a higher percentage than what that baseline is here. Um, now, what people are doing here, if they have something that is a little bit higher than that, they may and they may be getting through, uh, getting it, getting it past the numbers a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of that 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 just happens in the in the legal industry uh, across across the, the country. Right. And all this shit is so new um, and people um, people are doing the best they can to try to stay in compliance. Uh, but ultimately, if you're a grower and you're growing hemp in Texas and your hemp is testing at 0.05%, that would be considered hot hemp. That would be considered something that is not legal and you should dispose of it. And even though this is a perfectly and you, fine you product. you couldn't even smoke that and get high. And you wouldn't even get high. You would feel nothing. Yet it's illegal because. Right. Because of. Big question mark, question mark, Because question people mark, don't yeah. know what they don't know. And unfortunately, where we're at on the legality side of this, like there's still a whole lot to learn. Boogie um, man's fucking scary, man. And and what you what you in the way you do learn is by legalizing this stuff and testing this stuff and being more familiar with it and not treating it like a taboo thing, but treating it like medicine, like what it what it really is. So she she's been using a CBD product um, made here in Texas that you know to me wouldn't have enough uh, uh, wouldn't like some a more full spectrum CBD would would be more beneficial for her. But she says it works. She says it helps her shoulder. If she believes it, if it, I mean, that's what she's telling me. She's used the whole thing and it worked for her. Great. That's awesome. You should keep doing that. That's something you're comfortable with. They're asking me about uh, maybe potentially edibles or something else. Um, and I told her that, uh, um, you, you, you know, that... Uh, to always kind of uh, to if you're interested in trying something else to start like on the on the cautious side of things you know like like I did with the DMT and uh, uh, you, you know I don't ever because I've had the paranoia with edibles and stuff with taking too much someone that smokes every day like I know what that feels like I know it must be much more worse for someone that has no experience with any kind of uh, uh, no exposure to to cannabis before. Well, I like to compare it to shit that people understand. And most people, they understand alcohol really well, right? Right. With dosages, it's so important. It's like the equivalent of having one glass of wine and you feel a small buzz, but it's, you know, a nice introduction versus you take too much and all of a sudden it's like the equivalent of- And you get sick. Drinking a whole entire fifth of Everclear. And people are like, well, this is awful. This is terrible. Well, yeah, of course it is because you way overdid it. Yeah. And we were talking about that a little bit last night. You're talking about maybe a smaller dosage. um, uh, On the edible side? Yeah. Excuse me just a second. He's on call. Uh, I I am, but but I'm just sending a text real quick. I like uh, having important people on my show because that means uh, they can't even put their phone down. (laughs) I wish I was important. I'm important maybe to some people. You got one right here. Uh, I, have, I have three missed calls, though, in the last three minutes. Uh, but Do you need to take a call? That's no, totally fine, man. No, no, it's it's cool. It's cool. Um, they, they, they can figure it out for right now. If I do, I will step away. So uh, but not to derail us, but do you ever see a point where you're, like, hands off? Or is no, it impossible? You, like, never. have to, like, not micromanage per se, but you constantly have to be quality checking and making sure everything's going smooth. 
Yeah, yeah, no. I, there's never any point where I'm just completely hands off, and I'm always thinking about what we're what we're doing and what we need to be doing constantly, all the time. Um, and uh, you, you, you know, that's the way that that I work. And uh, uh, you know, it's it's very it's one of the most important things to me. And this, I, I would, uh, in poker terms, I'm all in. You know, and uh, I I see what the potential is. I see what I want to do. I see I want to. I want to help people. I want people to understand the, uh, you know, what this is. And it's, it's very cool that like my 87 year old neighbor is willing to have these discussions with me. Um, because she other, if she didn't know me and she doesn't even know me, know me. Right. But if she didn't know me at least a little bit, she would never even be open to this kind of conversation. But she sees me as somebody who is, you know, at least somewhat well put together, uh, a respectful, responsible um, good-looking young man hey you good-looking we we I'll, I'll take it baby <laughs> you look good I'll in that jacket it. i'll tell you I, I do, and I the t-shirt underneath is perfect i gotta get a picture of you in that in fact right here like with the microphone i gotta get this over to you newts my my babe my babe dresses me up really well i, I give <laughs> i give her all the credit because it is not me i don't like to shop i don't like to do all those things and 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 she is uh She's been my, uh, she's my ride or die, my cornerstone. I, I couldn't be who I am without her. And, uh, you, you know, that's probably something that makes me emotional because I know how true it is. Um, but, uh, so back to, back to the neighbors, she, um, you know, we were talking about like maybe different things that she can try and she's very comfortable with the cream and I want her to keep doing that. In fact, I, I got her one cause she ran out. Um, but I also am going to ask her if she wants, cause there's like a more full spectrum one that like has a much higher milligram dosage that I can get out of California. But it's illegal um, in Texas. Um, yes. If, if they wouldn't be able to sell the same milligram dosage here in De Texas at and the what, legal stores. Do you know what those milligrams are just to educate people about just it? Just to educate people. Um, like, so this is, it, it's, it's infused into coconut oil. Which I mean, I guess you could potentially cook with. I mean, or you could rub it on you, like she's been using as a lotion. Um, and the one that I found online is a hundred grams, so that would be a milligrams per container per container for two hundred bucks. Um, hundred milligrams of THC or of uh, no CBD. 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 And then, do you know the percentage of THC in there for the activation? B Mm, I I don't know exactly. It might it might be on the site, and it's it was on future uh future forty two hundred if on Instagram, and uh, uh you know I just it's one of the pages I follow, and uh, um and you know uh, not that it just he he's uh he he sells that that's that uh and he he sells that that um that CBD coconut oil. And he talks about it on his page about, you know, he it's it's medicinal. It's not going to get you high. It's 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 so you can get the full the full benefits of the CBD. Like that's that's the whole point. And uh, and he, he talks about a lot of things that that that, that I like. Um, not I mean, not everything. And people would probably describe him as a right wing nut or something. And he's not. <laughs> I, I don't think he is either. And I think people are quick to label someone like that based upon uh, a singular issue. But, 
Well, I've been labeled that, but all my Texas friends think I'm a left wing nut. It's just you that, that's how I know I'm right in the middle is because exactly. both sides are like, no, you're the, you're part of the problem. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. I think people label label me a, a certain way too, and it's like you know, I'm I'm really labeled in the category of. I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. <laughs> That's your best label. Yeah. My label is, I don't give a fuck about that shit. I don't give a fuck. I, I, I give a fuck about, about love, about uh, uh, positivity. I give a fuck about, uh, um, you know, trying to do the right thing and be and live the, you know, be a good person. And I think if I put that kind of energy out, it will come back to me. Which is uh, funny because... It's kind of what Jesus taught, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and, and it's it's, it's interesting. Uh, you, you, you know, you bring that up. Uh, and I 100%, that was absolutely my foundation. And that's all I knew was a Christianity Catholic for 18 years. Um, and it had a big impact on who I am today. But it's not like the main thing. And it's not... Uh, uh, but it was positive. But the principles that you learned from it stay true, was right? was positive. And, and so it's taking the the vein of truth and good and whatever you want to call it, it yeah. and holding on to that, that's the important part that we need to start focusing on. Cause it's and the other shit that we're like getting too deep in the weeds on. Right. Well, that's not true. Well, absolutely. Come on. Like we, we don't know we're going to get is. anywhere together. If yeah. we're saying, well, I know the truth and you don't, no one knows none of us know. And, and, but that's, that's what's so cool about learning about different religions and different things. And a lot of them had, there's so much crossover and similar similarity between the, between, all of them and uh i i don't think any one is better than the other personally you know like i grew up christian but uh but there's many other whether it be islam buddhism anything else i think they're all equally as important equally and and i think that there's there's incredible things to gain from all of them and i think that there's incredible things to gain from people across the world and i think uh your platform specifically because you have done some some international travel which is so cool uh that that uh it 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 brings it 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 like makes it more true because it's uh an example of that and to to i hope that you continue that because i think that's the coolest part um and i love listening to people across the whole world because y'all y'all are all y'all have a story to tell we all have a story to tell and uh uh and that's um you, 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 you know, and I'm interested in, in hearing and learning about all these different cultures. Uh, I, I'm Where's the next place in the world that I am Woodstock should go? Man, uh, you, you, you know, you've done Europe. Uh, uh, if you if you were to go to Asia, I think Asia, there's, there's Dude, yeah. that. And so I've I haven't done a lot of international travel. I have been to Thailand and I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I was really interested in Japan. I only flew flew to Tokyo, and I drove from one airport to the other, so I was exposed to none of it. But it was the biggest city I'd ever been in. It was absolutely – I was mind-blown. Um, and people that are, that are well-traveled I think are very interesting people to talk to in general. I'm not that well-traveled, but I know other people that are. You're more well-traveled than I am. You're super interesting. And, uh, you, you know, you gain, there's a lot to gain from, uh, learning about different cultures and different people. Um, so you, you know, back, back, back to cannabis. Uh, I think that, um, that there's, there's like, there's different things for different people, depending on what you're looking for. 
and and figuring that out i mean it's trial and error like anything else um I, and I think you start you start conservative and you dip your toes in further as you figure out what you like and what you don't like. I think that edibles are probably the high the hardest to dose and and have the most uh, wide variety of like you could have paranoia or or and some people hate that you know they're like oh my god yeah, that's so- the worst part and that is that's like. I feel like you find that with edibles specifically, like I do, I do personally, and I don't really like edibles very much. Well, we were talking about that yesterday because I'm a proponent of edibles for a few reasons. First, it's the healthiest way to do it. Sure. Throwing shit in your lungs, no matter how, like, I want to talk to you about uh, rosin uh, eventually because that, as far as inhaling it, that's probably the best way to go. But as far as ingesting THC, period, I think edibles is the healthiest, right? Yeah. But as you pointed out, if someone hands you a brownie and it's homemade, you have zero idea of how much is in that. It could be Absolutely. two milligrams, which is a very small dose. You'll be- barely feel it, even if it's your first time. Could be 20 milligrams, which or if more. it's your first time, yeah. or 200 milligrams, yeah. and you're going to meet the devil. <laughs> and it's going to be awful. And you would. And you would meet the devil. Anyone who's <laughs> taken too many edibles, you understand it's a, this is not a safe drug even though it is it's a at the time you think you're gonna die you won't and you'll come back a better person but man it's a terrifying experience and so i think my this is just my two cents states like colorado like california jace i'm sorry you got another one this is a phone call i do have to answer you do have to take that pause real quick okay fire put out we were talking about edibles and quantity and i just want people who are not experienced with edibles to hear this if you're going to do an edible do something from a state that actually has it regulated you're typically going to have a 10 milligram dosage do a quarter of it or half if you really want to feel it for your first time because the more you ramp it up you're going to get a little bit of you know the more you do the less you feel it and even I, with weed. And I, so do a yeah. little bit. Don't even double dose. If you don't feel anything, fine. Go to bed happy. Exactly. But when you double dose and it's too much, that's when you're going to feel like, holy shit. I, it's too much. And uh, uh, I think that that's true with, with many drugs. Uh, you, you know, that's that's the approach I take with when I'm trying new things like the DMT. Um, I rather err on the side of caution. If I want to do more the next time, I do more the next time. Uh and that's very true with weed, especially with edibles. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of different ways to to do it. My favorite ways that I smoke uh, most of the time. Uh, somebody that that works with weeds the every day and and loves it. Um, I smoke a lot of joints, and I smoke and I smoke a lot of rosin. And you know, everyone knows what joints are. I like joints because I can I get to taste and enjoy and 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 like like I feel like I get to I, I really get to taste the the weed as opposed to like putting it in uh um in a tobacco leaf or uh, a swisher sweet uh spliff or anything else like that. And there's uh, also like a social factor. You're you're passing it around. There it's, is it's fun community type sure. thing. Um, and you, you, you know, I mean, I smoke a lot by myself too, so you can do, you can do both of those. The rosin is something that people would be more unfamiliar with unless you're in a legal state. Uh, that's a concentrate, uh, AKA dabs, 
Um, but what rosin is, is it's a solventless form and, and probably, in my opinion, the, the best grade of concentrate. Um, and the process of, of making that uh, is starts with, with ice and water and it starts with fresh frozen materials. So when we harvest, when we harvest the weed generally from an outdoor crop, um, you, you harvest it when the plant is alive, like as the day it's harvested, you, you put it into bags and you freeze it and you freeze it to, to preserve it. Uh, and it also helps with uh, the processing aspect afterwards too. And there's, there's multiple, there's a thousand ways to skin the cat. Um, when you're making, when you're making, uh, um, hash rosin like there's different ways to do it there's different methods the method that that we use probably the the most widely used method is with fresh frozen material like i'm just i'm, I'm talking about um and this but, allows you to get it to a concentrate that doesn't have any additives so for right. example um what what like butane is the the standard additive that they yes. use to it separates the thc from the product so this little vape pen that i'm smoking on even though it's a reputable company you can trust where it's coming from it's still being processed with something else and so right. it's, it's up and it's the jury is out whether this shit is actually destroying our lungs what was it like they had the really bad cartridges up in the northern like what was it wisconsin or no i mean Michigan across, that had like a bunch of vapes that were messing with people's lungs yeah across across the united states uh um certainly a lot of the the street carts of stuff that is not tested regulated uh uh, and, and just like maybe the coils that are being used could potentially be harmful. I mean, because it, this a lot of this stuff is like relatively new. Uh, there's, and although it's regulated, it's yeah, not there, highly regulated by well, any means. It's super regulated, actually. Like the, the in my opinion, like cannabis is probably higher, harder, heavier regulated than almost anything. But there's still a lot new. There's It's all new information of what we're learning and. You know, we haven't been using vapes for very long or vape pens and this and that. Well, I guess uh, when I say it's not regulated, there's a lot of cartridges on the streets that are not regulated. Are not regulated. Those are and made, those are the ones causing the issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are made in someone's garage. So there's the uh, pro of regulation. The con yeah. of regulation is it, it mucks up everything and it, it makes the product more expensive. But it does protect the consumer as well. Absolutely, and that's like that. That's like where there's a uh, there's a balance between like what is needed and and what is like too far, for uh, to to you know so people can succeed and, and in the industry without uh, um, without uh, and, and still be able to put out a, a safe product for for the consumer, and that that is most important for sure. Um, and, and I think that it's just growing pains and, and we're going to get there. And I think that some states are doing it better than others. And some states have been doing it longer than others. Um, well, and the, the downside of regulation is, well, let me, let me draw a parallel. We have 1915 farm that you brought up earlier. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of videos showing, Hey, this is our process. And if you watch those videos, you realize, holy shit, that's a lot of work to get a product that yeah. is like actually clean it's actually healthy. It's the top of the line. It's top shelf shit, right? Right. And so people are willing to pay for that. Where regulation gets in the way is with you, you're legally not able to put it up online and have it on an online store and nope. ship it to people, nope. which if you're a consumer who is responsible, who wants to make sure they have the best of the best for them and they want to do it the right way, 
theoretically, they should be able to do the same thing as they are with meat. They'd be able to go to sure. a specific farm. It doesn't matter where in the world it is and say, hey, I see your process. I trust your process. I want to use your product and I'm willing to pay a premium for that. Yeah. But you can't do that right now because there's so much red tape due to the, I mean, it's just fear and lobbying from back in the, you know, the 50s and 60s, 70s. That's really getting in the way of people being able to healthily and responsibly use certain substances. Absolutely. And, and you, you, you know, or you're just in a state where it's legal or a state that it's not, you know, we're in a state right now that it's not. And, and you know, you don't have the ability to 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 whether it be my farm or any other farm to to get a product that, you know, and can feel comfortable that that like what you're ingesting. Um, so and, your grandma next door who has a true need for it like experiencing someone in intense pain especially near the end of life when everything all your systems are breaking down and you're going to deny them of something that is way healthier than the current legal options and that's the criminal part for me it is it is for sure and it's just the ability to to it's like it's every it's her choice if she wants to try that or not i'm not saying that she should i'm not saying you should either way that's your choice uh, but you should have the option to, if you're trying to get off maybe like pain pills or something, which I think people are a lot more wary today than they were the last decade. Uh, and, uh, uh, you, you know, I helped her the best I can. And, uh, um, you know, I got her some stuff that was like local here that, you know, has worked for her previously. And I hope that that, I hope that she still is able to find comfort with that. Um, but it, it's changing the uh, it's changing the the previous damage from the anti propaganda on on what this on what this on what cannabis is because to me it's 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 medicine first it can be used I use it recreationally hundred percent and you totally and there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing with using any of these drugs recreationally if you use them properly and you're not abusing them. Just like you could abuse painkillers or, or sugar or carbs or what, whatever it, it could be. And, uh, uh, you, you, you know, that's the uncomfortable conversation that more people need to be willing to have and, and be able to, to look at with, a, with an open mind. Um, and, and you, you, you know, none of us have all the answers. And, uh, and, and you, you, you know, I love talking to people that I disagree with because sometimes I learn something from them. And uh, oftentimes I learn something from them when people have a different point of view, uh, that that is when you are learning um, why they they maybe feel a certain type of way. And uh, and there's something to gain from that. And, you, you, you know, they may be totally wrong. You may be totally wrong, but you have to be willing to have those conversations. And as a society, we need to be better at that instead of being so polarized and social media um, is is uh, you know causing us to be to go more in the wrong direction because of uh, the algorithm and because people get stuck in echo chambers and we're starting to learn more about that with uh, uh, different information being exposed and uh, you, you you know limiting that to a certain degree is I think important too when when you have children or something else everyone you, everyone has their own methods. Um, and there's no handbook that says this is the right way, this is the wrong way. Uh, but, you, you, you know, certainly life uh, before our eyes is changing very quickly. 
uh, and uh, you, you need to be aware that uh, that you, you, you know there are positives and negatives to having so much information at your fingertips at, at, at all times and it's highly addictive I mean that, that stuff is, is as addictive as, as these as these drugs are and I would say cannabis is not addictive. Uh, most people would say that I, I could I have the ability sm- I've smoked cannabis all the time regular user I can stop cannabis I'm gonna have I can stop take tolerance breaks I'm, I'm not gonna have any withdrawals um, what's the longest stretch you've gone recently without smoking longest stretch um, I did go when I went to Thailand I didn't smoke for like two weeks except for once and it wasn't really cannabis it was like some other stuff because it's super illegal over there uh, it wasn't very good stuff. I didn't continue smoking it. But and you didn't uh, feel any type of withdrawals or irritability no, or anything? No, no. I mean, irritable as far as like, you, you know, irritable in the sense that it's like, man, I wish I could take a, I wish I could, uh, like cannabis might help me relax or something like that. Where at the end of a long day or just wanting to get high, like there might be a little bit of that, but certainly nothing that made me feel sick at all. Um, and that's my own personal opinion. If other people feel differently then that, their, their truth is their reality. But, well, I uh, think everyone's different. Some yeah. people can handle alcohol. Some people can't. And some people can handle weed. Some people can't. And you can go through all the, the infinite amount of things that we can put in our bodies or the media that we're ingesting or the source of that media, whether it's a smartphone or a TV. We all have our biases, man. We right. have our shit that we can handle. Some and people die from peanuts. Some people die from peanuts. And, and you, you know, for me, like a big thing is, is like, I just don't want to be I don't want anyone else telling me what I can and can't do with my body. I feel like I'm 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 well versed enough to be able to make that decision and I think that you you know even people that aren't still should be able to make that decision uh and so you you know when you talked about like is Oregon it, do they have it right or wrong? I think that there's positives and negatives with it, but ultimately people should be able to decide what they want to do with their body. Um I I think that uh that the method of locking people up and throwing them in prison for for drugs is not beneficial for society. I think that that people are uh, statistics show that uh, you have a higher likelihood of being locked up if you're uh, maybe a minority, um, just because of whatever maybe biases exist, and and they might not be like known biases, but they're just they still doesn't make them doesn't mean that it's not it's not the case you know like that that they don't exist um and you know, that's just part of being human uh but um you you, you you know if you're abusing drugs sticking you in a, uh, locking you up in a cage is not going to fix the situation like there's there's uh like like if someone is abusing drugs you have to find out the root cause cause of why they're abusing it and if it's not weed it's easily alcohol. I think more people abuse alcohol than probably any drug there is in America. And, uh, uh, and that's legal and that's far more harmful and dangerous for society than something like cannabis would be or psychedelics in my opinion, or many other things. Uh, I think alcohol is far more destructive, but I still don't think it should be legal. And I still partake in alcohol. It's one of my, I don't, compared to other drugs, it's one of my least favorite drugs. Um, but socially, it's certainly fun to take and, and you, you, you know, um, 
but it, you, you, you know, if people are abusing that, that they don't belong in jail, they belong in some kind of rehabilitative environment that will, that will, uh, heal their, their previous traumas. And you, you know, if we get closer to that kind of state, I think that there could be actual, uh, uh, progress compared to maybe the, the methods that we're using right now. And in Oregon, um, I think they're closer and onto that side, they're closer inching in the right direction than at least just locking people up. But you, you, you know, it's a different society over there. There's a, there's a heavy homeless population and people that are just like mentally ill. Um, they don't usually buy, never have really any issues. Um, and there's far less people over there too. So it's not a big city. Portland's a big city and Portland has had the chaos that we all know about, uh, here in the United States. And that came um, before they decriminalized everything, right? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, there maybe before. I think as, as long as I've been there, things have been, it's been like a year since they, it's been longer, been longer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, um, like there was always a homeless population over there. I think it's 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 like grown. Every big city does, right? It's different over there. You think so? A hundred percent. I know so. Like I mean, I you, you, you know, it's crazier over there than it is in Austin. I was just in Austin, and and you you you, you, you know, that's where these uh, politics and government like they they come into play to try to like create a safe environment for the masses. And like in law and order is a hundred percent important, and and I do uh, I do support uh, uh, police officers. I think most police officers do a, a great job, and they have a very hard hard job. I think qualifications are super important with such an important job, and I'm not sure that our qualifications right now are at the standards they need to be. I think the training is not maybe where it needs to be. That doesn't mean defunding is the answer. It should probably be the opposite. Uh, you know, you probably need to fund them better. But, uh, you, you, you know, it's a very difficult job. And, uh, um, you know, you have to be able to put yourself in, in their shoes where they're dealing with nonsense all day. Uh, you know, no one's calling no one's calling cops unless there's nonsense going on. You know, they're not mm -hmm. calling them to, to, to jump in the pool and to hang out. They're calling them because of domestic violence or... Uh, you, you know, some kind of extreme situation is going on. So um, that's why all these all these things have there's um, they're complicated answers and uh, it's hard to have a right or wrong answer. There's a lot of uh, different opinions. Um, and, you, 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 you know, as we continue through life, I think we'll continue to trend in the right direction, hopefully. Um, and uh, but uh you, you, you know, I do hope that uh, drugs become more decriminalized and you could see even the different drugs that people might say, hey, this isn't good for society. Well, it might not be good for society, but making them illegal is worse for society. It's a good way to put it. Because if you're able to take stuff that is is you know that you can trust, if I'm able to go buy cocaine and know it doesn't have fentanyl in it, well, that that really benefits everybody, especially the consumer. Because people that want cocaine are going to buy it one way or another. And, uh, um, you know, Dr. Doctor Carl Hart will tell you that he, I've never done heroin, but uh, he'll tell you that small doses of heroin, microdoses, like I am familiar with, with mushrooms uh, or LSD, 
are beneficial for the mind. Like like that he's gained a lot of insight from that. And so I'm not going to discredit this. I'm not going to discredit him even because he's like controversial. And I'm not going to say that he's right. I'm saying that there's another side of the story. And, you know, I think it really depends on the individual and if they're able to handle taking things responsible way, like he is the way that I've been able to in my past. Uh, and, and you, you know, certainly there are risks with any kind of uh, new substance that you might use and, you, you know, exploring new substances is, should be taken seriously and you should try to do your, your homework and understand that there's a, you know, bad things can a hundred percent happen and good things can a hundred percent happen too. And, uh, those are risks that, that, uh, that we take cannabis. There's a hell of a lot more benefits than there are bad things. I know that for a fact. And, uh, and I think that the reason why it's, it was frowned upon before is because it definitely opens your eyes to the fact that, Hey, uh, I mean, you, you know, this is a good thing. And, uh, um, you know other things might be not exactly what we thought they were growing up you, you, you know and uh well cheers austin cheers to that we'll uh just a little bit of that thc because i i agree with you and that's a fantastic way to end this with my hemp hempster uh here in america dude um thank you so much for coming on and talking about shit that i think is important and it's misunderstood by a lot but when you have people who have the grandma's next door and see the amount of pain that can be diminished through something that is potentially life-changing. That's the kind of thing that we need to get out in the world, let people know, hey, yeah, there is a dark side, but we need to understand that dark side, expose it as much as possible so we can use the immeasurable benefits from whether whatever substance we are using so thank you so much man i appreciate it thank you for having me on jace and and uh you 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 know i look forward to doing it again man and 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 keep keep what you're doing bro because you're changing the world so love you brother we'll talk soon all right Hey everybody, the conversation is getting bigger and bigger, and I want to invite all of you to join in. There's a few ways to do it. You can go to IamWoodstock.com, that's I-A-M-Woodstock.com. There you'll find a contact form where you can input your email and contact me directly. You can also go to the I Am Woodstock Facebook page to leave comments and start a conversation with the entire IAW community. If you're a fan of pictures, check out the I Am Woodstock Instagram, where my wife is sharing some of the family adventures. If you're enjoying the show and want it to grow even more, go to the Good Stuff page on my website. There you'll find links to all of my sponsors as well as a link directly to the I Am Woodstock Patreon where you can become an official patron and allow me to be picky about the sponsors I choose. Thank you all for the support and don't forget, this is all about starting real conversations. If you're driving in your car, call up a friend who you haven't seen in a while and discuss some of the topics you've come across on the show. Trust me, you will not regret it. See you next time. I am Woodstock.